coldest episode of Orphan Black. Fucking great. Fucking <laughs> the background. Uh, the coldest. This is um, Orphan Black, season two, episode two, governed by sound reason and true religion. Directed by John Fawcett, written by Graham Manson and Karen Walton. Oh, before we, I so I've been reading um, that girl Caroline Framke's like episode recaps like after we record because I don't want I want us to, to have our original thoughts. So I'm not trying to steal from her, but she said that she read the like when Sarah slaps Paul. She thought that meant that they had like planned the whole thing together. Did you pick up on that? No. Maybe. There she's wrong. Or, but I get or what you're saying now. That's, yeah, that's like, why he was like, really? When he was like in the face. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, but what would be the plan like for him to but to? Like, I don't understand what the plan was originally. If that was what ha- actually happened, like. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't care to think about Paul that much. So. <laughs> I don't care to think about it. Okay, yeah, I guess I should. I don't, I don't even know why I brought it up. Our status on Paul is so uh, ambivalent. Do you think this is where True Religion, the gene company, got its name? <laughs> Not from the Orphan Black episode, but whatever piece of literature it's referencing? Maybe. Is it that same one you read last yeah, time? Yeah, I think so. I didn't look up the specific passage, but... Um, or no, yeah, or that, it says when... Never mind. Once again, I have a new notebook. Did you see? It's like Art Nouveau. Very pretty. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Let's get into the episode. <laughs> no more Paul discussion. He's not even in this episode, right? No, thank God. Paul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it starts with Elena at the hospital. She's freaking out, obviously. I picked up on today. Every time there's a Helena scene and she's, like, by herself, like, not with another main character, it's always this distorted reality. I've never really noticed before, mm-hmm. but after seeing it for this is probably, like, the 10th or 11th time now, I'm like, oh, it's always like this when she's by herself, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a good, like, astute observation, but also it shows, like, she's so often, like, in perilous circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't really have any, like downtime except for that when she's like staring at those pictures of Kira and like eating her candy or whatever she has like a constant trauma train for her mm-hmm. Arthur's been inducted into clone club yeah <laughs> detective bell I didn't know that was his name <laughs> I thought you were telling me that's how I had to refer to <laughs> oh wait I, <laughs> I didn't remember that oh yeah <clears throat> yeah detective bell Kira has somehow called Felix's phone from wherever she's being hidden. Uh, it turns out this guy Benjamin has her. I thought his... I actually thought at first that it was Tomas. <laughs> so that's what I read mm-hmm. up and then I crossed it out. Just another scary looking man. Um, Sarah and our they are gonna go find Kira. And Felix is kind of like, y'all don't even know what you're doing. Like, this is dangerous. But he did get them new clone cones. Do you like the green ones or the pink ones better? I'm team pink, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I like the pink ones, too. I'm trying to remember if they get new ones each, like, if it becomes a thing. Mm. But I think pink is the best. Mm. Cosmo and Wanda. <laughs> I, I love I do love the fairly odd parents. Uh... Then it's we're at Ainsley's funeral. Okay, it, Allison's like straight up dressed like Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right? Yeah, uh, that's what I wrote down. I have never seen that movie. 
Me neither, but I went through an Audrey Hepburn phase. How do you go through an Audrey Hepburn phase and you've never seen a movie? You just know. bought paraphernalia. <laughs> I had pictures of her. Yeah, I was just curious. Because I haven't seen the movie, I'm like, I bet there's like some hidden significance here that I'm not catching on. But I thought it was strange that it was so obvious. Uh... Yeah, it was very... Uh... Yeah, they were trying to tell you something. What they yeah. were trying to tell us, I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, I thought in the Allison's kids steal flowers from Ainsley's <laughs> grave. So funny. Uh, but sadly, Allison discovers that Donnie's got a bunch of suspicious checks and then a meet. <laughs> now you literally yeah. yawned. <laughs> <laughs> it took you long enough, Allison. Come on. Yeah, and she starts drinking again, which is pretty sad. There's a lot of drinking in this episode. Yeah. I took note of. Um, but uh, besides Allison, mm-hmm. who yeah. else? Art. Oh, um, yeah. They drink wine at the dinner. Uh, there's just a lot of drinking. I was wondering if there was gonna something would come up with it, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But Art offers Angie a drink later on. She's like, no, and he just pours his into his oh, glass yeah. and has it all. <laughs> he's he's on <laughs> like a, a tear. Um, the next scene is where at the prolethan compound. Uh. Did I can't remember if they established that guy's name in the last episode, but his name is Mark. He's the one who saved Helena. Um, oh wait, so then they're like doing some procedure to the cow, and I had to ask you, my oh, yeah, resident cow expert. They're doing artificial insemination. That's what I thought. So, okay, well clearly they're setting up this like farm, like pregnancy, like yeah, huge metaphor. Yeah, Did, have you tell to say more about the artificially inseminating cows? Do you have any? Hot takes, or is it controversial in the? I mean, the yeah. Community? I mean, I think that it's so interesting that they're do that they're using this as a parallel because ag- agriculture, as they bring up, is a huge intersection of faith and science mm-hmm. because for a long time people just thought that God was blessing people with crops and not blessing other people with crops, or blessing people with pregnant cows, or not blessing people with pregnant yeah. cows, and then eventually. You know, we learn that there's science and there's reasons why some is successful and some is not. But it's so deeply rooted in that culture that it's still a big part of it and people pray for their farmers. So super interesting that that's how they're bringing this intersection of faith and religion. Love that. I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod that (laughs) I have a degree in agriculture, but I do. And yeah, uh, artificial insemination... <clears throat> it's a big deal, but it's pretty common, and people just, like, like the guy says, he says, we're just helping God mm-hmm. do what needs to be done. We're just giving him a little push or something. So that's what most people think about it, but uh, dairy cow artificial insemination is way more controversial because they... Um, it's like them producing milk. Yeah, so, but... Yeah. But I mean, like... That's so interesting. Damn. <laughs> when I asked you this question, I had no idea. Now I'm like, I have 20 more follow-up questions about I, I don't know too much about it, but yeah, they just, for them, those look like beef cows, so. Yeah. Well, so, but I guess, like, people say it's immoral to, impreg- like, impregnate a dairy cow because they're producing milk for an artificially inseminated well, what, offspring? What, well, what, yeah. Well, no, just because you take the, you... You get them pregnant so they keep producing milk, but you don't give the milk to the calf. Oh, you right. use it to just like milk or cheese for us. I see. So. Well, yeah. And you keep getting them pregnant. But it, you well, what keep happens them to the, until they die. the calves? They just like they ra- they raise them and, and then turn this, them into the they're same. female, and if they're not, yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
what well obviously they're bringing this comparison to like show how they're gonna potentially how they're gonna be treating helena and also like um sarah as like property like child but like wielding wielding property which is like a theme that continues throughout the episode yeah so i'm really curious if forced pregnancy is going to come up or or what but yeah yeah i had a lot of thoughts about that thank you for (laughs) yeah that's what i wanted um so then the next scene is that we're in back in the diet institute uh leaky i guess has like called kasima in to like the principal's office basically (laughs) like well what you're accusing me of colluding with sarah to to i'm sorry which is shit kick rachel well i don't know why would i do that aldous sarah she's she's a con artist she fooled us too did she she stole your pass card really mm-hmm. i'm sorry n- none of us ever trusted her <laughs> Did Cassina know about the plan? I couldn't remember. I don't she think did so. It behind I, back. I think that Sarah didn't tell anyone her plan. She <laughs> mm-hmm. was just like, I have, or she, I don't know if she just came up with it like right before she went or did whatever. But no, I don't think Cassima knew. But I, I think it's funny, like, she, well, also, like, Cassima's choice is like, just shit kick Rachel. It's just like the most, like, shit stirring way to, <laughs> to talk about this. But also, like, I feel like Leaky can tell that they're full of shit, but he's still just like, okay, well. Like, that they're still trying to get to Sarah, so that's, like, I guess we'll allow this whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to... it's his best in right now. Yeah. Um, and then, but it's where they're like, oh, we never trusted Sarah, don't worry. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> a, a lies. Um, so Art and Sarah show up to that motor lodge. They're too late, but then she finds, Sarah finds a drawing that Kara left in the sheets. And then the guy, Daniel, the lawyer from the last episode, shows up and Art arrests him. And, like, while this is happening, Sarah's following a trail of clothes <coughs> to a running car where she gets snatched. And Felix was warning them before they left it was pro- that it was probably a trap. And yeah. guess what it was? A fucking trap. Felix, right, as always. Yeah, so, but the twist is that then she's delivered to Siobhan, who had, like, orchestrated this whole thing. Um... She, what she says, she, she calls it, like, going through an airlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she apparently, Siobhan says that she's on Sarah's side, but I don't know about that. Um, yeah, she's super hard to trust right now. Yeah, well, and the, the, this is, like, the first time we can really see how, like, dangerous Siobhan is. And also, like, in the same way, like, Sarah is dangerous, too. Like, like the whole show is, like, discussions of nature versus nature. And I think that, I mean, both... All the clones, well, except for maybe Seema, have been shown to be, like, kind of dangerous, like, mm-hmm. um, but, like, is it because of their clone DNA or, like, the situations? And I think, like, before we didn't realize how, like, edgy, to, like, put it, like, super flippantly, Siobhan is, like, when they're talking about how she was, like, doing the, gu- like, guns for mm-hmm. funds and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's this weird dynamic because it seems like she knows so much more than Sarah does. It's like yeah. Sarah can't get a straight answer, so she's well, kind of navigating in the dark. And she's like being so like high and mighty about Sarah keeping secrets and like not protecting Kira. It's like well, obviously you know a lot more than you're letting on. Like how can she be protecting her the best of her ability if she doesn't have the full story and picture of like yeah, what's happening to right. them? 
you're you're literally staging kidnapping. Yeah, <laughs> she thinks her daughter like, is super missing. Super casual. You know? She's yeah. beating the shit out of Rachel to try and get to Kira. And, yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So then we're back at the Diet Institute. Basically, the philosophy there is like compartmentalization, which is when smart people like don't know what they're actually working on. They're just like super separated. Like you're doing research about this, but they don't get to know like how it all connects together. I feel like this is getting more into like the sci-fi tropes that we're used, we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that they're gonna customize Kasima's lab when when Leaky says blue sky a little. Like, is that a phrase that people use? He said what? <laughs> like, what, what they? She was like pissed off and was like, whatever. This is like out of date, like defunct. Like none of this equipment's working. Blah blah blah. This is where you keep all your secrets. And then he's like trying to convince her, giving her the speech, like we can like customize it and build whatever you want and. My friend emailed a virus or whatever, like a. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then he, at the end, he says, "Blue sky with me a little." Oh yeah, I I wasn't. I don't think I heard that because I was writing down how touchy Leaky is. Oh, like was, physically. Yeah, like he just like. It made me think about how he views in this property because he's like, yeah. he goes over and he just puts his hands on Cassina's shoulder, like he should not be. It's don't not a good dynamic. <laughs> but I've never heard that before. But I can see it just means like. But look on the bright side of things, I think. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> um, then we're at the play rehearsal with Allison, which uh, I looked up the premise of the play because I was like, okay, well, clearly we're going to be spending some time with this. And apparently it's based on a true story, and it was written by these two female playwrights, I think. Uh, they go by Johnson and Johnston. And the premise is that it's a bachelorette weekend gone wrong, when, like, Sheila, which is the role that Allison's playing, uh, her, her uncle kills himself on the eve of her wedding. So, I don't know. Like, <laughs> the plot, like, like, goes from there. Allison's having trouble with her breathing, and then her touchy theater coach is, like, trying to help her. Um, but Felix, I guess, it has been summoned there by Allison, because now Allison is on to Donnie. Um, and she, like, confesses the whole story with Ainsley, I killed Ainsley. No, no, Yes, I darling, did, no. yes. Well, I mean, not really, you know, just like hardly. Oh, God, you can't tell Sarah, please. No. You can't tell anybody. I, I, I can't, I can't go to jail. Oh, my God, I have two children again. Nobody's going to jail, okay? No one's going to jail. We just need to prove that Donnie's really your monitor. Uh, how? I mean, he's bamboozled me for for all of these years he is very good at being evil yes yes he is terribly so here's what we do we set a trap give him some some monitorish information and see if he reacts like a monitor uh-huh. okay got any ideas if you just want to keep drinking i think i need to keep drinking for okay. a while and then i'll have an idea allison's very low functioning this episode yeah. she's leaning on felix a lot that's a big theme that keeps coming up because she in season one she was super like go 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 and had the plan and making the plans and executing the plans but yeah now it's like a crowd screaming um <clears throat> now she's just like Link felix is having to be like step by step here's what you do it's just such yeah. a change of character for her. Well, I think she's just, like, basically at rock bottom. I mm-hmm. mean, like, she 
manslaughtered her best friend because she thought she was spying on her only to find out that she actually her husband actually is spying on her after he tricked her she should have just trusted herself in her first place so like not only did she kill her friend like I don't know, and her husband's been lying to her. I think it's just, it makes sense that she's so low yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. she's, she really, and it's this, it, I clipped it later too, but the scene where she's calling Felix again and he's like, I'm sorry, like, I can't help you. It's so sad. Yeah. I was like, damn, I really feel for her in well, this episode. It's like, she's really alone. Like, yeah. it's just because, like, who do you turn to? She yeah. doesn't have anybody. She would turn to her husband in this situation and she can't. Yeah. Her only sort of friend is dead and she's not close to anybody else in the community they have all blacklisted her yeah well they actually felix does give like good about like he she should reach out to kasima like she needs to be picking up some (laughs) slack there like if sarah's in the wind or whatever like Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be looking out for each other yeah but it's like kasima's been kind of mia like she hasn't really because she's all wrapped up in delphine and a dyad but I mean, yeah, that is good advice. That's the best advice well, we can give her. And it, I didn't think about this when I was watching, but it's interesting here, too, that Felix is talking about setting his own trap. Like, this is, Felix is all about the traps this episode. Like, he warned them that they could be going into a trap, and now he's mm-hmm. setting a trap. Like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like Felix is, like, one of the smartest characters on the show, and he often, like, sees, like, the chess board as yeah. opposed, like as opposed to the other people who get like really fixated on their like next move specifically. Right. I think it's just because he has this outsider perspective and he yeah. can see it. He's obviously invested, but it's like yeah. not in the same way that you'd be invested if you are a clone. Yeah. So it gives him that unique perspective. Um <clears throat> I also I just thought it was really funny too that she said that I think I need to keep drinking and then I'll have an idea. <laughs> um so then, Sarah, we've talked about this already, but so they, the safe house that Siobhan and Sarah are at is, like, for their, like, I don't know, underground group called the Bird Watchers, which I thought was funny. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so they're at some kind of, like, safe house. Um, Siobhan, like, explained that she tossed the place and staged the whole thing to, like, throw the people off her scent. She was, like, more than one person was watching the house. Um, so I guess basically, and then she, like, says that her plan is just to take her away. To London, and she wasn't even gonna like involve Sarah or anything. I was like, Yeah, it broke my heart when Sarah was like, Are you and Felix gonna follow later? I'm like, Oh, you sweet girl, that's definitely not the plan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that was really sad. Um, then uh, apparently, whatever altercation happened with Art and Daniel, now Daniel's trying to get him suspended from the police force. Um, but DeAngelis knows that Helena's in the hospital. So she goes to find her, but then of course she's gone, and dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, and well, she so Mark and her have that exchange where she says, "Who are you?" and then he says, "Family," and then we like immediately cut to the Prole- uh, Prolethean compound. The girl Gracie Johansson, her name is Zoe de Grandmaison. She was in Riverdale for a while, so I recognize her from that. Another creepy <laughs> young child, I feel. Um, she. They, apparently, they're preparing for um, Helena's arrival at their compound. Will it eat? Of course she will. Doc, Gracie, don't be scared. She needs our care. We need her trust. More examples of dehumanization mm-hmm. Helena. What do you think about this uh, farm setting? <sighs> Like I was kind of saying earlier, I yeah. think it, it's so clever for them to use agriculture because yeah. it 
is known for having that intersection of religion and science. And I can see how that's going to unfold. And it's also like very uh, family oriented as well, which is another big theme in the show. Mm-hmm. And like the fam- the family works the farm and reaps its benefits and whatnot. So I can see how that's going to come through too. Um, but also, are they Amish? I think it's like Amish inspired, but yeah. maybe not like full Amish. I feel like, well, I feel like it's also a little bit like Mormon vibes, like mm-hmm. like like the traditional form of. I can't even. I just watched a whole show about this and I already forgot. <laughs> but like you know where they're um, like up and on in the hills and like no one's around and stuff. Um, I, well, I think I think it's like supposed to just like evoke like culty religious. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this guy, the farmer, he seems to be a bit more progressive than yeah. usual. Obviously, still something like sinister is going on at this place. Um, but he gets, he basically tells us how Helena survived. No, it's not so crazy, is it? Abominations have no soul. No, one could easily mistake the bullet missing her heart for a miracle. It is a miracle, my friend. You charge. It's a genetic anomaly. She's a mirror. See, her internal organs are all reversed. What? It's a condition that uh, sometimes occurs with identical twins. Kind of a yin-yang sort of thing. I, I like how he's like, hey, this happens outside of clones, too. And Tomas is like, yeah. no! It's an abomination! Well, I think it's like, well, it's it's smart of the show to like say that Helena is like literally a mirror of Sarah. Like, I mean, her role in the story is also to act as like a foil to her. So it's like a very meta way for them to do it. But also like, I think more of like a sci-fi element where it's like, oh, she survived because she has like a weird body and like mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Like, <clears throat> it's it was just, it's, I feel like it's like a clever piece of writing where they're like, okay, we're going to like twist the story even further like she's alive because of these reasons and i feel like this episode really positions helena as like well both sarah and helena like being twins but they're just like the like base there's a term like a trope for it oh the MacGuffin. but like everybody's trying to get like sometimes it's like an item or like an idea or whatever but it's like they're the MacGuffins of the show where everybody's trying to get their hands on them for whatever like projected purposes that they have like regardless of their own like autonomy like what's going on with them and it like draws together like they're very similar like they are similar in this way but like obviously different as well so and how they like react to this mm-hmm. yeah because i don't know if i think about them as foils in like the true sense <clears throat> because they're really like a lot alike yeah. just in they're both like very rash and i don't know if i I haven't really thought about them as foils and, like, the true sense of it. Well, I I guess I just mean, like, their position in the story is to act as, like, us for to draw comparisons between the two Mm -hmm. of them. But maybe I'm misusing the term foil. Um, Let me see. I got distracted. Oh, so then uh, they talk more about Helena. The heart is on the wrong side. This is surely the mark of corruption. That's where I disagree with you. You see, I steered my faith through science at MIT, and what I see here, what I see here is God opening a whole new door. And what you see is not who she is. Your new order should appreciate this rich 
is not merely an affront. She is the war for the future of creation. I got no argument with you there. I can't figure out what... What's his name? Which one? The the new... The farm guy that we just got introduced to? Uh, I ha His last name is Johansson. I know that. I okay. can't remember his first name. I can't... I have no theories for what I think he really wants with Elena or what yeah. his plan is. Well, I think it's interesting. I guess they're, like, from the same, like, parent religion, but this is, like, a different sect. Like, I don't know if one of them is, like, more extremist and one of them is more modern, where... Obviously, they think Helena has, like, a role to play in their, like, religious arc. But I feel like this farmer man sees her more as an opportunity mm -hmm. versus uh, Tomas, who, like, clearly sees her as a threat. Yeah. To, like, him, like, literally and, like, figuratively, too, I think. For sure. Um, so then Felix and Sarah, or Felix and Allison have their little scheme. They're setting Donnie up. He's spying on her at the cemetery with his little binoculars and his tiny gym clothes. It was so funny because at the funeral when Allison was like, oh, hey, Sarah, I was like, why are they giving another character the name Sarah? <laughs> I was like, "What? where is this going to come into play? Because I knew it's like when you get to choose the names of people, yeah. why would you use another name? It was cool to see how they brought it back for this little scheme. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so the show retcons a little bit here where so like in season one they told us it was 2012 but on her gravestone it says died in 2014 so mm. I, I wonder if they just decided it would be easier to set the story like in the like near future as opposed to like the past mm -hmm. for I don't know for their own purposes but it's interesting that they did that um, but anyway so Allison catches Donnie uh, but he's still like trying to play dumb like it's like Clearly she caught you. Like, fuck off. I wanted to see if you were going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, then, like, we are back at that safe house. Uh, Sarah basically confronts Mrs. S about what, like, Amelia's warning. But Mrs. S swears she doesn't know anything about Project Lita. Um, and, like, they talk about the plan to bring her to London. And then they have that, like, dinner party where we learn even more about Siobhan. I guess it's not a dinner party, but <laughs> whatever. I, that's my salt burn taking the back. Randy used to run strike kitchens and nothing more than scrap meat and canned veg. I tried to keep Siobhan in the kitchen, but she preferred scrubbing Kalashnikovs to pots and pans. What kind of strike is named machine guns? I was on... Guns for funds. <laughs> Running weapons to finance freedom. It made a lot I thought of that sense. was a good line, so I'm like, hello. <laughs> That's probably what's happening to you right now. <laughs> Makes yeah. a lot of sense at the time what you're doing. And in hindsight, you're going to realize it was not a smart move. Yeah. Well, I tried to look up if guns for funds was like a actual like thing. Because I think she, her involvement was like with the IRA and stuff like mm -hmm. Shimon. But I don't know enough about like Irish political history to know to speak eloquently about it. But um anyway, I like once again I just think that they're really showing like okay, Shimon is like a dangerous person. Like she knows her way around weapons. Mm -hmm. She has this like whole network established. Like I think Sarah like I mean obviously they had like a strange relationship, but I don't think she fully comprehended the scope of like Shavon as a person and like what she's 
what her life has been, like, what she's gotten into, and, like, all this stuff. Wait, so this is, like, a quick clarification. Didn't she get Sarah through being in the Birdwatchers? Yeah, I think so. So where does Felix fit in? I think she just got them at the same time, and I think he probably was from, like, maybe, like, well, actually, you know, I don't, I don't know if they, like, ever explain. I can't remember, mm-hmm. honestly. But I think the way, I, as it is right now, I think we're just supposed to, like, assume maybe he was just another, like, random child. Like, I don't think he, he's affiliated with the, like, it was just two children that happened to come in at the okay. same time. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. And then they were raised as siblings. But, yeah, it would be interesting if Felix had a different role. Um. So then where we cut to Kasima and Delphine. I don't know. They were just, like, doing nothing for me this episode. They were, like, playing house and in the lab. and The chemistry is so forced. And I also was like, that is not lab-appropriate attire. <laughs> the lab. They're actually working in the lab. But they're, like, wearing high heels and sexy yeah. dresses. Like, they're going clubbing. Well, it's weird because, like, they did have good chemistry when they were very first introduced. Like, mm-hmm. we talked about it. But I think it just, like, totally fell off. It's like, I don't know what happened. Like, maybe the writing just wasn't as sharp. But, like... Uh, yeah, I feel like I have a hard time buying them together. Oh, to me, I for me personally, it's just because I don't know what Delphine really feels. Yeah, like, is she pretending or what? But to me, it's just like, and then I just feel bad for Cosima because I'm like, you're like a puppy dog. Yeah. So I just don't like it. It just feels manipulative. Yeah. Power imbalance. Um, Rachel comes into the lab and is like, you're gay. <laughs> You're gay. <laughs> That's literally what she says. <laughs> and then Kasima gets like the you know PSA line. My sexuality is not the most interesting thing about me. I didn't even clip it out because I was like, we'll just listen to Kasima herself. Move on with the discussion. Um, but Rachel has her medical test. She almost reveals Del- Delphine's betrayal because there is like, or Kasima's uh, like, how do you have my results? And, but then Rachel makes up a lie. Or I guess maybe she did go to the doctor and she got the records from her school doctor. Right? Yeah, that's what she says, but no, I was just, like, processing because I didn't really think anything of it. Well, I just thought it was weird because I feel like Kasima would have remembered that she went to the doctor. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe she did, but I thought, I thought that she was going to be like, how the hell did you just, the, the campus doctors don't just give out medical work but who knows what kind of strings they have so i guess that's how i wrote it off in my mind yeah and here's something else i'd like you to engage with here's what little we know of sarah manning's upbringing and environment and here's her sequence genome i want you to tell me why she's different than we are you mean why she of all of us can have a child the scare cord at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, just I wonder not to <laughs> say yeah. bring up Kasima's sexuality again, but how does she know she can't get pregnant? I wonder if she like Oh yeah. Uh, but we know Allison's obviously tried and we don't know if Rachel's tried, but her resentment implies yeah. that she's her, tried. Her fixation <laughs> seems to imply. Um, yeah. So uh, um, What and did it did you like bump on when um Kasima asked to see the original genome, and Rachel was like, oh, no, that's not possible. Yeah. I was like, I, it's defunct or something? Well, she, no, she said, like, I assure you it's, like, sturdy or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, But it seems, that seems important, like, that they won't let her see the original oh, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. 
And she so she just quickly like pivots and is like, we think it's the result of the cloning process. Um, then we're back at the safe house. We get our creepy hero corner. Um, but well, she's always creepy. Anytime she doesn't talk and just shakes her head, her <laughs> mouth is open a little bit, and she's just like. <laughs> girl, you look like a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> What's wrong? What did you show Mrs. S outside? That? Why? It's Amelia's. I saw it when she was sleeping in her stuff. Was Mrs. S snooping in a stuff? Bet Mrs. S has loads of secrets. Some of them are good, yeah? Maybe, but I don't think so. Sarah's doing some gentle parenting here. <laughs> I, Sarah's actually a good mom. I think that's an important detail of the show, too. And actually, I was thinking about that, like with this whole sequence where. Kira keeps, like, looking up while they're at the dinner table, and then she just, like, walks over and doesn't say anything, but then Sarah's like, do you want to go, like, have a nap before we leave so that they can, like, have a moment alone? And and even Kira's like, should I put on my pajamas? And Sarah's like, well, that depends on what you have to tell me. <laughs> like, but, like, they, like, I feel like, like, I always think of, like, Siobhan as being Kira's primary caregiver, but she and Sarah, or Kira, Sarah and Kira do have like, their own, like, intimacy and, like, rhythm and, like, a shorthand with each other. Like, clearly she can tell her daughter has something on her mind Mm -hmm. and and is able to like get it out of her like you said like gentle parenting yeah and and it's just like i feel like it's important from like a like a trauma perspective of like when your child's being exposed to like very adult situations like you have to like talk to them like they're an adult sometimes and that's exactly what she's doing in this moment like what have you seen? What do you know? Like, what do you think's going on to get their perspective? Yeah. I mean, it also helps Sarah figure out that they need to run, but it's, like, also a good parenting moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like, yeah, basically she's like, I think we should leave, and Kira's like, yeah, we should get out of here. <laughs> so, obviously, something's up at the safe house. It's not so safe. Um, then Siobhan, like, literally starts kicking ass. Like, like I was like, whoa. <laughs> she was going off. She, like shoots the sun or whatever mm-hmm. after they realize like something's wrong the plan's gone to miss or whatever um sarah ends up getting away like mrs s lets her go but obviously like shit's popped off between them like we don't know what s's motivations are mm-hmm. um she goes in to like talk to her war friend who she's stabbed to the table <laughs> with, <laughs> with like some like meat carving utensil could you just tell me why all we have been through together what a lifetime of bluster about change and justice while we starve for our troubles who got to you i found god it turns out the lord has deep pockets money don't mean nothing when you're dead well, I, I just, like, I kind of like this second episode because we're, like, way more in the country than usual. Like, I feel like Orphan Black is a really, like, city show. Like, sure. um, And, you know, we are on the Prolethium Farm. We're in this, like, wood safe house here. Like, it's they're kind of, like, getting away from the setting, which I think is a cool way to, like, 
keep things interesting in season two while also like of course advancing the plot as well um but um right after this mrs s knows reveals that she does know about project lita Mm -hmm. um the other woman doesn't know but she ends up shooting her too yeah i think i think this was a really cool scene because it makes us think about motives mm-hmm. and just thinking it's like a, a big mystery of the show is that we really don't know why anybody's doing anything like what the religious people's goal is what the science people goals is like we know many goals here and there but it's yeah. like what their internal motivations are and it's like okay well this person clearly motivated by money yeah so i just think it was like a cool insight into like remind the audience of like Think about why these people are making these choices, specifically because she was like, I've done all this good in the world, and then yeah. I have to starve and get treated poorly because injustices keep happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, I feel like it's it's interesting because it's kind of like a diversion from the main plot, but still very, like, poignant. And, mm-hmm. and like you say, it's, like, and giving, like, more coloring of, like, the world and, like, why people could be working against him because it's easy to get caught up in like the more like of course we want to help them like there are pov characters and like whatever but some people have they like don't care what like what's going on with these guys like yeah they're just trying to live their lives so then sarah goes to pick up felix allison is like on the verge of a full breakdown it's him johnny took the sarah bait what my husband is my monitor um, I need you to get me out of here before I snap. Oh, God, Alison, I'm so sorry. I... I can't. I'm, I'm leaving town for a while. Leaving? Where? I'm, I'm going. I'm going with Kira and Sarah. We, look, I, I want to tell you, but it's not safe to know. <sighs> Even my own clones think I'm useless. Oh, no, darling, no. You, you have a musical to focus on. Um, I think it's, like, really sad, like we said, because, like, Alison's clearly, like, trying to reach out and, like, stop herself from like spiraling further but you like you said she's just like really like so alone and like obviously felix is gonna choose like sarah and kira Mm because that's his family but like and like allison is his family too so it like makes it even more painful because it's like you know maybe she could have gotten the four of them on the run or whatever but no because she has like her own kids and stuff too but in a way felix is kind of like dismissive of her like oh like go focus on your musical it's gonna be fine but, like, he just, like, doesn't really have a, a choice otherwise. Yeah. Well, and I think it's uh, bringing back a big theme of the first season, which is, like, comparing all the clones' lives and the choices that they made. And it's, like, Sarah lived a quote-unquote bad life, and Allison made all the right choices. And it's, like, yeah. look at where they're at, like, in these awful situations. And Sarah has this great support system, and Allison is yeah. all alone. Yeah. I really hope that they go into, like, how Donnie and her met in the first place. Like, how, how she could get fooled so badly. I know. Well, I just, like, yeah, like you were saying, it makes so much sense that she's rock bottom. Like, this whole marriage built on a lie. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> yeah. I'd be spiraling, too. Yeah. The, the last scene of the episode is back on the Prolethean farm. I put it as cult shit. Elena's been with you for quite some time now, hasn't she? Since she was 12 years old. I wondered, Tomas, if you've ever uh, considered the fact that seeing as she's a twin of a fertile clone, maybe, uh, maybe Elena can conceive as well. Impossible. She's defective and dangerous. Any child of hers would be a monster. Well, you know her best. 
You know, a wise man once said, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Einstein didn't believe in God. That was fun. I all got to that. Yeah. I like the whole conversation, too. Like, yeah. I'm really, really interested in this idea of, like, science meeting religion. Yeah. Excited to see where you, that you goes. You join this man's cult? <laughs> I've enjoyed this man's cult. Sign me up. Be out there trying to impregnate clones <laughs> and see what you can get happening with genetics. Predictions, I think that they're going to, they, as in... Felix and Sarah and Kira are going to be caught pretty quickly on whatever little adventure they're going on to try and get away. Um, Yeah, that's kind of my only prediction for now. Yeah. Why do you think Mrs. S, like, let her go? Because she knew that she could get to her pretty easily. Yeah, her network was burned, I guess. Like, she needed to do some recouping before. (laughs) Clean house or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think about any other stray thoughts i i don't know if i relate to any of the puns this episode yeah <laughs> they were in pretty <laughs> extreme circumstances agreed yeah related to felix yes yeah, i usually day. relate to felix <laughs> i think more uh very cool well we did it we're back on Thank you for listening, and thank you to Adam Kelly for our theme music and Megan Walker for our podcast cover art. You can email us at onmylistpod650 at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions. Tune in next week. Bye.